Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo and coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will continue my husband's Heavenly Authority series with the conclusion of a sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 18 on Saul's resentment of David. When we left off, Pastor Greg had read from verse 17, where Saul tells David that he will give him his eldest daughter, Merab, as a wife. Saul says, Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And it says, when Saul said this, he's saying something that sounds one way to David. But he's thinking another. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Now he's afraid to kill David. He saw he couldn't kill him, right? The spear missed two times. He's afraid of God's anointing. So, well, I'll put him in a position where the Philistines will kill him. He's not offering his daughter again because he really wants David to be his son-in-law. He's offering his daughter to try to set David up to get killed. He's afraid of God, Saul. So why is he playing this game? Can't God see Saul's thoughts? Is there anything hidden from the God of all creation? Doesn't he know the very thoughts and attitudes of our hearts? He can fool David. He can fool the people and make them think that he's making David a great commander when he's looking for David to be killed. But you cannot fool God. You cannot play a game with God. His fear should bring him to repentance, but his selfishness will not bring him to repentance. Rather, he plays this weird game with God, thinking he can lie and do this thing and get away with it. And God won't see. And David later on, you know, doesn't he do the same thing with Uriah, the Hittite? When he sends him out to let the enemy kill Uriah. Isn't God going to see that? Doesn't God know the motive of the heart? You can't play a game with God. Verse 18, So David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? David's humble. David's still respectful to this murderous man. David's calm. He's not saying, hey, you owe me. He's calm. He's letting God do what God has to do. And verse 19, when it comes time for the wedding, it happened at that time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Melathite, from the valley of the Jordan River there. So at the very end, he's lied to David. He's broken the contract. He takes what rightfully belongs to David, and he gives it to somebody else. And before all of Israel, because all the people on that battlefield knew whoever killed Goliath got Saul's daughter. Before all of Israel, he breaks his word so that his word becomes as nothing. And so you see now how selfishness and greed and pride and concern for own personal self and appearance and power, how they're all tied to envy and jealousy and they're all tied to lies and untruths, and falsehoods, and broken pledges, and broken promises, and deception. And when we're speaking about authority and leadership, 
These are not things that should be characteristics of a leader. Lying and deception and untruths, breaking the word. You think of the current state of affairs, the corporate crisis that we have on Wall Street, and how many of the leaders now are caught. You know, the Bible says the belt buckle of truth, you know, belt buckle holds your pants up. How many of those leaders are caught now with their pants down? The embarrassment, the shame, because of their greed and their desire to hold on and have that power, and they lie, and they deceive, and then they get caught in their lies, and they're embarrassed. Because God brings everything to light, everything comes out. The greed, the lust for power, oh, the lies that come from the selfishness, the broken promises, the commitments. You know, Christians, we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that we should be diligent to present ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've studied that scripture, memorized that scripture, right? Rightly dividing what? The word. The word of what? The word of truth. We have the word of truth. We should be as believers anointed with the spirit of truth, Jesus said who will guide us into all truth, Jesus said. Jesus, our Lord, is the way and the truth and the life. There's no place for believers to have lies and deceptions and broken pledges and broken promises. It should not be a part of us because the Lord who lives inside of us is the truth. Saul has lied not just to David, he's lied to all Israel, but more importantly, he's lied to who? God. He's done this deception before whom? God. He uses deception and falsehood, just as those religious leaders we talked about before, to whom Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 44, he said, you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. When we are deceptive, when we are like Saul, when we're like those Pharisees and Sadducees, not concerned for the work of God, but concerned for ourselves, we can't call God our father, because that's not the nature of God. Jesus said that's the nature of whom? Satan. He is the father of lies. He speaks his own tongue. He is a liar and the father of it, Jesus said. And now you see what's so wrong, what's so egregious. Many of us, we read sections of the Bible and we say, why did God do that? Why, why was he so angry over that? You see why it was so wrong, why it was so egregious, when in the book of Acts, you have this man who comes, whose name is Josies. And they give Josies the name in Acts chapter 4, the end of Acts chapter 4, they give him the name Barnabas. And we know him then throughout the book of Acts as Barnabas. And Barnabas means son of encouragement. Because Barnabas is like Jonathan. He's one of those few like Jonathan. He's encouraging. He's selling things, giving them to the apostles to go forth with the work, to feed the poor, to do what needs to be done. 
And he's doing it sincerely, just like Jonathan is putting the clothes on David. Here, here's a bow, here's a sword. Do the work of God. That's what Barnabas is saying to Peter. He's the son of encouragement. That's what Barnabas means. That wasn't his, his birth name. His birth name was Joseph or Josie's. You see what's wrong, what's so terribly wrong. As he's acting out of sincerity and doing what's right, that you come to the section right after in chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira come in and they want to make a show for their own appearance, just like Saul's appearance, just like the Pharisee and the chief priest's appearance. And they want to make a show, and they give to the apostles, they sell a piece of land, they do it in part. And they lie and say it's a full amount. And they're not lying just to the church, they're not even lying just to Peter, they're playing a game with God. The God that anoints them, that saves them, he doesn't see this? God is so blind? God can be made a fool of? You can hide it from God? Well, the Spirit tells Peter what's going on, and he reveals it, and the Lord strikes them dead, one after the other as they participate in the deception. And he said, why so harsh, Lord? Why, you know, they obviously believed in Jesus. They're giving some things to the work. Why was God so harsh with them? Because he doesn't want us to be that way. He wanted to set up at the very beginning a warning. You cannot say I'm your father and act like the devil is your father. The deception, that envy. Maybe they saw Barnabas doing what was right and they were a little jealous of Barnabas. So, hey, we can do that too. We can get the same attention. And they concoct this lie. They put together this lie, forgetting who God is, that God cannot be mocked. And they were struck down. God, you can't play a game with God. And, and Christians, we got to understand that. You know, sometimes we get too loose with God. We, because we feel the Spirit and God holds us like children, we forget that He's awesome and He is to be respected. And just because he loves us, you know, Saul later on will prophesy by the Holy Spirit, but Saul has a terrible end. Saul has a terrible end. It doesn't just touch Saul. Unfortunately, it touches poor Jonathan too. And his own son has to die along with him. God cannot be mocked. We are not to be crazy, demon-possessed, power-hoarding Saul. There's too much of Saul in the church. We are not to be as the envious, lying, religious leaders who set themselves up as the enemies of the work of Messiah. They knew all those scriptures, and they set themselves up as the enemy of Jesus because they were jealous. We are not to be as the foolish, lying Ananias and Sapphira who make a mockery of the church of God and make a mockery of the name Christian. For Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him in John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are people of truth and not deception. And God sees everything. God sees old Saul's envious heart. 
Father, we pray that you would set us free from the shackles that bind us up as Saul. We pray, Father, that you would take away those chains of envy, of greed, of self-aggrandizement, of power, of narcissism. Father, that you would break the strong links of fear and jealousy and deception and selfishness and lies. Father, keep us, we pray this morning, from thinking that we could ever play a game against you, Lord. Father God, that we could ever deceive your Holy Spirit, for you are a God who cannot be mocked. But Father, rather make us sincere and honest. Make us dutiful and wise stewards, Lord. Make us sons of encouragement. Make us like David when he was young, like Jonathan, Lord, that we desire your cause to go forward, your word to go forward, that we're not looking into ourselves, but we're looking to your way and your will, for you are the way and the truth and the life. Father, put your calm upon us, we pray, and help us, Lord, to rightly divide your word of truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I invite you to join us for Sunday service at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are across from the James Madison Memorial. And as always, you can write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Join us next time as Pastor Greg Scalzo teaches from God's Holy Word.